Welcome back, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Happy New Year! This is Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Classic is Elder Scrolls, and Elder Scrolls is classic. Brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network. Available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, our website, questgamingnetwork.com. Today's record date is Turdos. Morning Star the Third, and I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And I am here in Dustman's Cairn in Skyrim. Oh boy, we got a great show for you lined up today. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to introduce you the barbarian with the crystalline caboose, Mike, Tamrielic Historian. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year, and uh, hopefully everybody had a great holiday. Yes. And... Uh, you know, we've got uh, some pretty big things planned, so, you know, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. And next is Mithril the Learned. It's uh, great to be back in the Orbis. Uh, greetings, fellow wandering Ellen Fay. <laughs> well, greetings to you. So, uh, real quick, Mike, okay, yeah. Mithril, how was your, your new year? Everything okay? Yeah. Um, my new year was pretty good. I was, you know, at my parent, my mom's house, uh, for the new year or for Christmas and then, uh, here for the new year and, uh, busy painting. Uh, I had a ton of artwork that came due at the end of the year. Uh, people wanted, uh, paintings. So I was busy as all get out for oh, wow. the last quarter of the year. I popped out, uh, one, two, three, uh, almost done with the fourth one in, uh, three months. Really? Yeah, so every like spare moment I've had has been, you know, popping out these paintings. Portraits of dogs, mainly, and owls. Yeah. So, do you think, Ivarwin, that like in a hundred years in the future, like, uh, uh, Mike's paintings will be like, you know, rare and very expensive? 100%. 100%. Mike, <laughs> yeah. he's the Norman Rockwell of Tamriel, did I tell you that? I believe you have you have two uh, previous episodes <laughs> that I was not host on. True story. It's a true story. <laughs> you know what's um, hilarious though is like I've seen uh, a lot of other artists come through uh, and get a lot of hits from Zoss recently, and it's like looking at it going, good for them, good for the artists, but you know, come on, where was all the love when I was popping out a painting a month? How about how about, some, <laughs> how about some Mike love? <laughs> Show me some love. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe saying something on the show will uh, will will you know uh, uh, change. I haven't things. produced a Tamriel painting in a very long time now. So, uh, really, has it been that long? Yeah, I mean, most almost all of last year was uh, uh, commissions for people's uh, pets, people who've lost dogs or cats uh, oh. have wanted uh, paintings of uh, their dogs. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and, and like primarily these would be dogs who have, have passed away. That's that's what they were asking you to paint? Yeah. Wow. I, I wouldn't think that would be a thing, but I guess it makes sense as a nice memorial. I've got yeah. um I've got Callie's paw prints. When she passed away I have them like in um in like a plaster that was uh cut out and, and mounted and so I, I have that. So I guess that's sort of the same thing. Just less colorful. <laughs> anyway, Mithril, how was uh, how was your how was your uh, your New Year? Uh, enjoying drinking wine with uh, Jerry. We played a bunch of Legends. 
Nice. <laughs> um, got a bunch of Elder Scrolls books, some lore books, uh, probably you? the same ones that Mike has. Um, compendium ones there that uh, came out the last couple of years. Yeah. They're like fake leather bound. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, I've uh, I think I believe have uh, Skyrim the history, Skyrim men and uh, men and mare, Skyrim uh, the uh, the land and the ESO uh, histories. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, so, um, uh, I've heard I've yeah. heard great things about the Mike. Don't you have one of those? I think you had the land. I have right? all five of them. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, there's five of them, and uh, they're actually really really nice. Uh, they're in-game books uh, that uh, are, you know, then bound. There's some uh, drawings with it. It's kind of like a, it's, it's a fake leather uh, binding on it. Uh, really high quality paper on them, so they're really nice. I mean, high quality paper, you're saying? Yeah, I, mean, high quality I love paper. paper. If you're not someone that reads in-game the books, this is a great way to read the books outside of the game. I should probably look those up because. Um, you know, uh, Jenny and I are going to be uh, getting a couple of uh, pieces of of uh, furniture soon for for stuff like that. You know, you can get like in game books and uh, and all that, or I should say, uh, you know, real physical books during uh, when you when you pick up some of the um, uh, collector's editions for for uh, Elder Scrolls and whatnot. Um, so I've collected a number of those throughout the years, and uh, so I'd like to get like a nice bookcase with just like stuff like that in there, and, and those I think would be an amazing addition to it. Oh yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, you know the binding and all that stuff. It looks quite uh, legit. Sweet man. All right, well let's uh, let's bust into the show. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone for listening, downloading, and of course everyone who has uh, visited our Twitch channel. Thank you for coming here, guys. Like I said, we've got an amazing show, and Mithril is going to tell you all about what's in store for you today. All right. As soon as he gets to that part of the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't tell me I was going to read that part. Oh, uh, well, hey, listen, um, you know, if you need a little hand, bud, we'll, we'll be more than happy to jump in there for you. Uh, okay, so find it in the notes. No, it's all it's so. good, man. All right. So listen, uh, you can watch us live on twitch.tv slash quest gaming network. All right. You can also email us at record at gmail.com and you can find us on our website at questgamingnetwork.com and we're, we're social we got social media alright you can find us on twitter at elderscrollsotr as well as tumblr as well the same address at elderscrollsotr um, and of course on facebook as well facebook.com slash elderscrollsoffthericord um, alright Mike what are we doing today what's going on so we are playing Skyrim for the second episode in a row. Uh, the hope is that Varwin will complete this dungeon here as part of the Companions quest. Oh, it's getting And uh, we will start uh, the quest Ill Met by Moonlight. So we are continuing our exploration of werewolves in uh, uh, the Elder Scrolls. Uh, we have a ex uh, discussion topic, expanding the universe with the fandom. Uh, we have a couple of really nice uh, headlines here that we're going to spend some time with. Uh, and then uh, we have This Week in Tamriotic Holidays and our lore section on the werewolves. Uh, so let's talk, uh, I guess, with our uh, headlines, because uh, we got some really cool stuff that happened uh, this week here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So your first headline for this week, guys, is uh, Beyond Skyrim has released a brand new trailer for Morrowind. Now, 
I, I saw it. I thought it was very nice. Um, but, Mike, this was this was kind of something that you reminded me of. Um, I know you've got uh, a bit on this that you'd like to sort of chat about. So uh, what, do you, what do you got to tell everyone? Yeah, so uh, we ran the Bruma campaign there uh, a couple of months back. And uh, the reason we chose that is that uh, beyond Skyrim, uh, this is a team of modders that uh, it's all, you know, volunteers that are taking uh, aspects of Tamriel and showing you what's happening in um, uh, the modern era. So at the same time that the events of Skyrim are happening. And uh, we start. they started off by releasing uh, the Beyond Skyrim Cyrodiil Bruma edition. And it was a very large, expansive mod. It was about the same size as one of the holds of Skyrim. And we, you know, you got to walk around and have quests. You, you know, you were the Dragonborn, but you weren't, you know, there to save the County Bruma. You were, you know, an adventurer who managed to slip in and, uh, you know, continue questing. Uh, well, they're doing the same thing here with uh, this Beyond Skyrim Morrowind. And it's going to be the entire area of uh, Morrowind. So both the landmass and the Isle of Vardenfeld. And they have a separate team from the Cyrodiil team that is working on that. So they're looking to model things like Guars and those, you know, death from above uh, uh, raptors there that everybody can't stand. Um, I wonder if they're going to, you know, have them spawn in the same manner that they do in Morrowind. But it's set at the same time as uh, Skyrim is set. I hope and, they didn't survive extinction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is their little, um, uh, like, teaser mod that they're going to be releasing probably sometime later this year. Uh, maybe early next year, but the fact that it looks so complete already in this trailer that I'm expecting oh, yeah. it to be 2019 release. And uh, it's called uh, Beyond Skyrim Morrowind, uh, the New North. And what it's going to be is the islands that are north of Vardenfeld. So things like Solstheim, Shiagorath, Port Telvanis, Shad Telvani, uh, Dagon Fell. These are the islands that they're talking about. And I guess... House Rhetoran has uh, expanded and is colonizing those islands. Now, the narrator mentioned Solstheim, and we already know that we can go to Solstheim as part of Dragonborn, so they're not going to touch that. But he does mention the Shiagorath uh, by name, so we're probably going to that island. Uh, and like Bruma, it's going to be a small playable area with a number of quests that tells a story about the inhabitants. Uh, House Redoran is colonizing these islands, and they're trying to rebuild after the destruction caused by the Red Year. The eruption of Red Mountain on Vardenfeld, the invasion of the Argonians uh, on mainland Morrowind, and then um, the Oblivion Crisis that followed uh, that has really, you know, left Morrowind, uh, both the mainland and Vardenfeld, the island, in a set of ruins. I, I love it so, so much that they're, they're being so uh, genuine to uh to the lore that it this isn't just some like you know nutty fan project not that i expected from the beyond skyrim guys at all um but i mean they're they're including the fact that you know the red year happened and this isn't just some like crazy you know retconned you know we we want to just play in in our our you know in our morrowind so so let's put yeah, it's, in there. it's not like uh sky morrowind or sky oblivion where it's you know morrowind on the skyrim engine this is you know, hundreds of years later. Uh, right, it's fourth era in, stuff. Yeah, fourth era. And, you know, so anybody who's read uh, the, uh, was it Greg Key's novels, 
knows that the the floating island there goes over that part of the world. Uh, you know, so there's going to be problems associated with that. There's problems associated with the eruption of the of the volcanoes. You know, the Argonian invasion. You know, so it's going to take all of that into account. So places that you know you may be used to seeing from Morrowind or from ESO, uh, you know, may not exist. They you know they may look different. They may have changed. And I think this is a really good like way that they put it, where House Redoran is colonizing to try and rebuild post-apocalyptic Morrowind, <laughs> which is already post-apocalyptic. Yeah, with. <laughs> post-apocalyptic Morrowind. That's <laughs> oh man, oh man, that got that got caught on the stream. So Jenny comes in, right? She's like, she's trying to be all quiet because you know it's a radio show, right? And I'm like, you know, oh okay, let me be quiet too. So she asked me if I want more coffee. So I'm like, you know, overly animating myself. I'm like, yes, please. But I completely forget that I'm on a stream. <laughs> and I, I look like I'm begging for my life on the stream. Like the poor girl's got me at gunpoint. Do you want coffee or not? Okay, please. <laughs> but uh, yes, so, or no would be good. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, looks, it looks awesome. Um, just like... Uh, Oh, was it? Uh, God, what, uh, was it Bruma? Right? They, they they did Bruma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this team has like five or six major land masses that they have different teams working on. Uh, supposedly, they're working on elsewhere. They're working on High Rock. Uh, they're working on Atmora. Um, Don't let those know. joggers get you. Oh. Oh yeah. No, I I I, I totally screwed that up. <laughs> Without a doubt. That's one of the few times in a Skyrim where they throw that many droggers at you at once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're expecting that your companion there's going to handle most of them. So. <laughs> but uh, you know, and from the looks of it, you know, they're they're starting off with these little small areas to showcase what the modelers have done, because for almost for Bruma, I mean, anybody who was who was watching the stream saw that ogre flash by there. They have to remodel all of these things. It's not like they just reskin a um, a, 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 a troll or a, a non-player character. I mean, you know, there's nothing in Skyrim that looks like a guar or walks like a guar. And if it smells like a guar, it must be a guar. And so they have to remake the guars right from the ground up. Um, so you know, it's you know a lot of new material that they're putting in uh, to make this feel like Morrowind. Just like they put a lot of uh, time and effort in to make it feel like uh, Bruma in Cyrodiil. So, yeah. Um, all right. Next, uh, next piece of um, next piece of news here that we got for you guys um, is is actually kind of kind of shocking, uh, believe it or not. So, so we've got an, a video game industry analyst is predicting. Elder Scrolls 6 is going to come out. I know. Elder Scrolls 6 is going to come out in 2019, according to according to this guy. Now, we kind of looked into him a little bit. All right. His, um, his name is um, Michael Pachter. Okay. He's from uh, Wedbush, Wedbush Securities. Uh, the, guy's, the guy's got some clout behind him. All right. He's uh, highly educated. Uh, I think he has his own podcast that you guys were saying, right? Guy has his own show. Um... Anyway, uh, so I don't know. Can you guys hear me okay? 
you're cutting in and out a little bit only because of the battle sounds. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so but, I'm just uh, going to reduce that a little bit. Um, and then and then sort of start again. Uh, sorry about that. So so we we did our, our homework on this guy who's who's saying that he believes that uh, Elder Scrolls Six is going to be coming out in uh, in 2019. And um, I know it's a it's a crazy sort of like thing to say. Um, and and for all intents and purposes, like this is this is really just this is just a rumor. It's just this one guy saying that he believes his opinion is that Elder Scrolls Six is going to be coming out in 2019. Um, but, uh, thanks, man. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's the opinion of a guy who's, who's, you know, kind of, he's, he's got some education behind him. All right. He's, he's, he's kind of an industry guy. All right. Um, he is given to making some sort of, you know, uh, you know, wild statements here and there. So he's not a hundred percent reliable at all whatsoever. Uh, and you guys were saying he does have his own podcast, right? He does have a show of some type um, where he does discuss a lot of these kind of things. And, um, you know, he makes predictions and talks about many things inside the uh, the industry between video games and companies like uh, Facebook and Twitter. So he, he's not just some guy sitting in his basement, you know, just making predictions and shooting his mouth off. I mean, th- th- he seems really legit. And, you know, he has a whole bunch of different things uh, that were predicted here, um, you know, that he expects to see this year. Um, let's see here. Right. Yeah. So, like, this um, this is part of an article that, that made a yeah. bunch of different, bunch of different uh, predictions. Um, and he wasn't the only one either that was making predictions. Uh, all over yeah. the place, and, and from what I can tell, based on all the predictions that he's making here, the Elder Scrolls Six thing being included really looks more like clickbait than anything else. So, so, I mean, Mike's going to get into some of the other stuff he was saying as well. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, take this with an extreme light grain of salt. Yeah. So you know, so things like he was saying here, major announcement from Take Two, Ubisoft's lineup will include four uh, AAA titles. Activision will make uh, Overwatch and Blackout free to play. Uh, Respawn will launch two new titles this year: Titanfall three and a new Star Wars game. Uh, so he's you know making some you know predictions here, and then like he has uh, some predictions about Xbox One X being uh, cut for in price, uh, new hardware for the big three a uh, games uh, systems. Um, you know, he uh, did predict that a new Elder Scrolls game uh, would be teased at E3, but, uh, uh, you know, when we did get two Elder Scrolls games at E3... That I can uh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he predicted a Warcraft mobile game. Uh, he, sw- he predicted Switch sales uh, under uh, 20 million. Right. Um, you know, so he, a lot of his predictions you know, uh, came is A and A-plus ratings. Uh, but one other thing that, you know, came out of this article from uh, a couple of the other ones that seems to be uh, big things that they're talking about, the, these gentlemen, is uh, issues with the, the things that, you know, we refer to as loot crates uh, or, you know, um, you know, the pay uh, boxes, uh that uh, you know, a lot of them are saying that there's going to be some major changes that are coming out of this um, 
the system. And well, you know, I've seen this all week, where you know there's you know state governments and national governments throughout the world that are taking a serious look at the loot crate system. I mean, not yeah. just the one in ESO, but you know, because it's become so pervasive throughout the industry as a money-making technique sure. that, um, you know, I really think that we're going to see some major changes in the next year of, you know, how, you know, these companies roll out loot crates and what's in them and what to expect because, you know, most of these governments are saying this is a form of unsanctioned, unregulated, underage gambling. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to circle it back here to to the Elder Scrolls prediction, but um, yeah, I, I definitely hear you on that one. And um, I mean, to, to to bring it back to to Elder Scrolls Six, um, you know, uh, he's like the guy's no slouch, all right, for sure. Um, but it, it does seem like he's made this prediction uh, a couple of times before, and the reason why this is he's he's saying it this way is uh, is because he's. Look, Fallout 76, whether you're a fan or not, um, you have to at least acknowledge the fact that it's been a debacle and an embarrassment uh, on multiple different ways uh, for for Bethesda. Between their um, embarrassing customer service approach uh, for some issues going on there, uh, I think there's something going on with uh, the canvas bag that they promised people and they ended up only giving it to influencers and creatives uh, and they shipped everyone a nylon bag instead for the collector's edition. Uh, they they ended up correcting that, but you know sales, of course, are are down for that game. I mean, we call them well, the, the rum that they uh, sold. Did you see the thing that happened with the rum? I I haven't even heard about that one. Oh yeah, so uh, they had a uh, um, like a collector's edition rum that you could buy, and uh, it came in like a plastic bottle. Right. And uh, that was like the outer casing, and then it was like some cheap rum on the inside, and it was like. You know, they sold it for very expensive, and it's like you couldn't put it in a glass bottle. You know, oh, instead it's a you know a molded plastic bottle. Yeah, and it's like wow. Right, given the price on that, look. Yeah. I, and you know, we're not. I'm not getting down on Bethesda at all. All right. Um, and I know there there's some some folks there. You know, who, you know, who listen. Some folks at, at Zoss who listen, and you know, we we appreciate that. Of course, we're not getting down on on them because I know that it's been, you know, Fallout 76 for Bethesda. Um, from what I have heard from uh, various different articles around the internet, and you know, who knows if you could take it seriously or not. But you know, they're they kind of had a tough year with that, and uh, morale seems to be down apparently over there. Um, so I'm not taking a shot at any of these folks, but. I mean, you have to acknowledge the fact that, that, you know, Fallout 76 has been, you know, contentious for them, for sure, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And that's what this this gentleman is is calling out and saying, because of all of the uh, controversy surrounding Fallout 76, uh, shareholders are going to be eager um, to to get a win for, for Bethesda, which that in and of itself is, and, and I hate to use this term, but it's a problematic thing to say uh, regarding... Uh, regarding how how Bethesda is run and and who actually owns it and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so so anyway, um, the, the the reason why he's he's saying that Fallout uh, that that Elder Scrolls Six is going to be coming out, he's predicting it for 2019, is because that they're going to want to push uh, Elder Scrolls Six ahead of development 
in order to get back on on top um which is which you know that that in and of itself is a massive problem right there because now you're rushing development I don't think this is the case. I, I I think this guy knows what he's talking about, but I think in, in the case of Elder Scrolls Six and Bethesda, I don't think he knows what he's talking about at all. Um, I mean, let's they announced Starfield before Elder Scrolls Six. They said Starfield first, then Elder Scrolls Six. I, I mean, how are they going to rush production on a game that they've barely started? I mean, if you could believe what I they said. I don't believe anything that anyone says on these Bethesda releases, because Bethesda's kind of been kind of Nintendo-ish as far as releasing information about titles recently. Right, okay. Yeah, and I just I don't think anyone's guess is going to be 100% per- correct, so I, I kind of overlook these things. Yeah, I, I mean, do you, if we can if we can take, you know, at least that much to the bank from Bethesda, okay? If if you know if what Bethesda said was that they're going to release Starfield first and then Elder Scrolls Six, which I don't know why they would make that up, all right? How, there's no way in hell that they're going. <laughs> development for Starfield is going to be so far along at this point. Um, they can't. They're at. The, they're past the point of no return on on development for for this. We gonna do scrap Starfield for Elder Scrolls Six because some shareholders. No, I don't think that's a good play at all. Or uh, they have been working on Elder Scrolls Six for a long time and they didn't say anything about it. I I don't necessarily. Uh, you know, remember what either. they did with the last Fallout game too. I mean, you know, they announced it. You know, and then we had the uh, the the Fallout Shelter, and then all of a sudden, bam! There we are. We have the new Fallout game. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this Elder Scrolls game is much further along than we suspect. Yeah, and I predicted, I, I think, you know, last year when, at, just after E3, that I said, you know, September 1st of this year, 9119. And I'm still sticking to that, that, especially now that if, you know, you've got a AAA company that, you know, had a debacle with their last release, uh, you know, and... Uh, it really, you know, if it's if it's anywhere near ready to be released, they're going to be pushing to, you know, to get it done. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm I'm as skeptical as all get out on on something like this. I I don't think it's the case at all. Look, you know, I, I mean, I'm open to being obviously I'm open to being wrong. I because I, you know uh, I think it's a fantastic thing if if we get Elder Scrolls Six far earlier than 2022. Um, <laughs> but I mean, would it be? Would it be a good thing if this thing gets rushed and comes out? Yeah, sure, we're happy we've got Elder Scrolls Six, but then it's a, it's an even buggier, rushed mess that that no one likes. You know, I'd rather I'd rather them keep it in the cooker for a little while and and have a really good release. I don't I don't think this is the play for Bethesda at all. I think the play would be, come out with Blades, announce Starfield at E three, um, announce. Elder Scrolls 6 at E3 and and where where we're at give us an update there and uh maybe maybe uh up up the timetable a little bit um on on you know maybe give us a maybe give us a a roundabout date okay give us something to sort of cuz that cuz that's what shareholders love all right even if even if Bethesda and Zenimax Media ran like this which I I don't believe they do um not that they don't have shareholders they do but I just don't think it's running this way. Um, I, if that's what they want, okay, what they run on hype, okay, sales are driven by hype. And 
the more hype, the more sales, the more sales, the happier your shareholders are. And that's what this guy's whole basis of this argument is. And and if E3, that's what that's what E3 is. It's a freaking hype machine to drive sales and create those pre-orders. I, I think the best play that, that Bethesda would have in order to not rush anything out and have the best possible product would be something along that, like, here's here's what we have, here's what we're coming out with this year, and here's what's coming down the pipeline. And and look forward to them here, here, and here. And and I think that's going to drive up hype. Not, you know, by the way, we scrapped Starfield. That's going to come out later. Here's Elder Scrolls Six in November. And, it, <laughs> I, I mean, people will be excited until they get the game, and then it's going to be garbage. If the uh, game is, I think that they did 76 because it's not necessarily uh, the way Fallout is usually done. This is a single-player Elder Scrolls game that people have been waiting for. I think they know for sure if they mess this game up, they're they're <laughs> it's going to be ruined for them for a while. They may not even recover. It's that yeah. big of a deal. No, it it is bad. Uh, Mithril, can we? I want to jump over to the chat room here, um, and just sort of get an idea on on what uh, uh, Mithril. Are you, are you in the chat room? Yeah, I've been kind of uh, okay disgusting points with the chat people all right hey, Barwin, before we move on uh yes. open up your map and find bloated man's grotto it should be against that wall of uh um mountains in front of you there okay. uh because this is this weird uh dungeon that people may not know about it's because this is where we're going to end up hopefully at the end here so should um, be yeah here we go i clear yeah you want me to jump in there yeah if you've already been in there yeah um, i'll fast yeah Fast travel to there to there because um, this is the quest that we're going to be on, and this um, dungeon changes once you initiate the uh, Ill Met by Moonlight quest. Oh, it does. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Uh, well, I'm there. Um, let's and guys, I know this is a lore show, but you know, um, I want to just you know, I like tackling these headlines uh, here and there, and this is a kind of a big one. I uh, so I want to get some of the reaction from the chat room. Uh, Mithra, what are they saying about this this discussion in there? Well, um, LGXS um, mentioned that Bethesda only cares about shareholders. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going through all the issues with Fallout 76. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. That might be a thing because Fallout 76 isn't necessarily a usual Fallout game. They might rush it just to see what people would do and maybe the mod community would pick it up. Um with the, um, of course, Sandbox Quint said that with the uh, crap Beth has uh, Bethesda has been eating since Fallout 4, Elder Scrolls 6 needs to come out and blow people away, Witcher 3 style. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, anything else? Um, uh, KZK, uh, uh, KZ Krunk uh, said that Bethesda sh um, can't afford to pump out content like EA. No, nor should they ever. All right. Uh, listen, I mean, obviously, definitely uh, definitely some egg on the... A lot of egg on the face there with um, uh, with Bethesda here, with, with the Fallout 76 debacle. And uh, listen, the only reason why we're talking about this is because of this prediction. And honestly, Fallout 76, uh, you're kind of tracking your, 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 your tracking your footprints onto my carpet, bro. So, you know, I don't want... <laughs> I don't want the, the, the... I don't want that game's uh, failure to come into my Elder Scrolls and and take a huge dump on the floor and not clean after up its mess, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want that. <clears throat> um, 
so so this is why we're 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 approaching the subject here um and and i just hope that you know whatever whatever's going on behind the scenes over there that um you know bethesda takes it seriously don't rush anything you know your fans are extremely uh patient even though that maybe it doesn't look like we are on your end uh, with all of our crazy Reddit posts and nasty tweets and et cetera, et cetera. We, we are patient. Uh, we do want Elder Scrolls 6, but, you know, uh, on a time where we know that when we get it, it'll be the best possible game that you believe. Did you read the letter out. there and uh, get the sword? Yeah, let me take a look at that. That's uh, So we're in Bloated Man's Grotto here, and uh, this is uh, the, the last uh, Sword of the Blades, right? It's a blade who was hiding here. Yeah. Um, and he leaves a note, and his sword is here. Unless you've already picked it up. It's a unique katana. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I might have already gotten it. This but then what happens... Enchantments on it. Yeah, as soon as you leave here and uh, you start the Ilmet by Moonlight, this entire area changes. It's kind of an interesting thing that they did. So it's you have to do this entire cave to get that sword before you go anywhere near Falkreath. Yeah, I, I think I've already been here. I, I mean, I, I was. I cleared it out, and I yeah. think I got the sword. Okay. All right. Um, I think uh, I think that's that's uh, quite quite enough here on on some some headlines. Uh, Mike, you you tell us what do you want to do? You want to get into uh, into gameplay, or are you eager to start up our our lore? Um. Well, let's do some gameplay. You know, you can uh, make your way out of this dungeon and into Falkreath. Um, and uh, we'll do the Tamriac Holidays, because that way if we have to stop you at any point in time, we can. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Try not to get ganked by Spriggans that might have respawned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Mithril, we haven't had a chance really to, uh, to hear much from you yet. Uh, so why don't you tell us, uh, why don't you start off with your gameplay, please? All right. Let me get to the gameplay. <laughs> sure. All right. Um... I smashed dungeons with my Lady Templar, Vanquish Lavillian. In Elder Scrolls Online? Yes. Uh, did a bunch of pugs, which I can do quite easily with my build. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, a lot of damage, so people get through the dungeon real fast. Tell um, us a little bit about, about uh, Vanquish again. Who who is uh, what, what does that character do? What, who is she? She is my Templar tank. Uh, she has a build that is rather unique that was done by sherman's gaming which is a youtube channel uh who does mostly tank builds and uses a two hand and a bow and uses the night mother's gaze set that allows uh you to um without a the one-handed sword uh sword and shield skills to, to pierce armor all of your moves that um can have a potential of having a crit hit as far as uh, breaking down armor. So what you do is you use um, Hail of Arrows to constantly bring down the armor levels of your uh, uh, opponents in mass, and you can basically, you can kind of melt down with your team enemies very fast. So that's it helps the, the team go through dungeons faster. That's the kind of build I have. Uh, it also has a good support in uh, Trials, but not the main tank. Okay, so it's it's not necessarily uh, the the kind of uh, tank build for um, for trials for main tanking. 
No, but it's excellent as uh, as the uh, backup tank. Mm. And does uh, fairly solid PvP. Needs a little uh, changing swap is around, well, swapping around to get it done, but uh, it can PvP too. Okay. Um, moving so what else on. What you been doing? Watched a series of lore videos by Zarek uh, Zakaron, who is a YouTube personality in the Elder Scrolls community. Okay. Um, very good uh, series. He's done, I say, about seven, and essentially talks about in depth the the beginning of time up to um, all the way through the Mythic era into the first era and into uh into tiber septum and covering these uh, the the big the big cosmic uh events that happen in the game wow sounds like an awesome series well what's this guy's name again zarek what yeah zarek zakaron okay uh, he is also well known for being a, a really um strong um commentator and nick picker of uh, bethesda games um he has a lot of uh really inter- intriguing head canon versions of what games should be instead of what they turned out to be has a lot of opinions on how corporate practice works uh, and also has a really good uh, source of uh, information on uh, how law works within uh, game companies how law works as in like corporate law yeah Oh, okay. Well, that's I think he's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A, a U.S. lawyer or like an international business? I I don't know. Sure. <laughs> but I all I know is that uh, he's a he's a really a really interesting uh, watch. Uh, he sounds like a jerk, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a character that's very jerky. He basically plays a character of himself that's right. over the top. Right, right, right. I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, give this guy a watch, and then drop the uh, you know drop us uh, in his direction. Maybe he'll uh, listen to us. <laughs> Zarek Zacharon. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to. I, it sounds familiar. I may have checked out. I a sent video you a video uh, earlier about yeah. Fallout seventy six. I think in the in the chat. Okay. Not this chat, but the other one. Right. We'll explain right. it later. Right. <laughs> Moving on, uh, I tuned my primary <laughs> control deck in I Legends to so gain much. incredible amounts of life while drawing lots of cards off of the slay mechanic. Okay. So uh, I fixed that. I was losing a lot. I was kind of trying to figure out why, and I kind of figured out just gaining a bunch of life would fix my problem. And lastly... As usual, I've been reading lots of Kirk Bride memes on Reddit. Okay, yeah, that's kind of your thing, right? You, uh, you love them, them Kirk Bride memes. You've got that. Yeah. Uh, it was that uh, True STL Reddit account. Yeah. That... Yeah, big meme, a uh, big just giant meme site for Elder Scrolls Legends. It started out as people who were tired of uh, being uh, kicked off of the regular Elder Scrolls lore Reddit for being <laughs> off topic in the canon. <laughs> So they decided to shit all over them and make their own version of wow. it. Wow. <laughs> now that's that's how you know you're a deep Elder Scrolls lore nut. When when other Elder Scroll Elder Scrolls forums and Reddits are kicking you off for being that far off topic. <laughs> 
Damn. Basically, it's the cult of Cork Bride as a Reddit. Okay. <laughs> All right. You can only imagine how weird that can get. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. One funny example, I think I showed it to you. I t- put it on Twitter. Is that is you know there's a Thanos scene where I think like he says reality can be whatever I want, uh, and he has the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, but instead it's Kirk Bride's face. And it's like if Bethesda kicks you out, and on the bottom text it says, um, "Lore can be whatever I want." Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I get it. I like it. That, that Finley Gauntlet. What's going on with that Kirkbride guy these days? What 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 is he what is he into? I just have like this idea of like Kirkbride. He's probably like laying down on some sort of silk rug in in a in like a skooma den somewhere, just just writing stuff about you know Vivek. He's probably just got that weird hat, banging Daedric Prince, giant giant uh, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and probably <laughs> contemplating <laughs> writing really weird stuff while high. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, the, what, is, what is that guy doing these days? Does anyone know like where he is? He's really he, he pops up on the Imperial Library every now and then and does a Q and A, and that's it. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll pop up on uh, the Imperial. I bet you Lady Narivar knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, I should reach uh, out to he her. drops some weird, made-up lore stuff that is pretty much code <laughs> you know, so it's like okay right. i want him to write the next elder scrolls game i uh, i don't know because if that's the case then we definitely will have nords in space well it would have to have dark elves because he did write a lot of Morrowind. it would have to have dark elves in it would it have yeah. to yeah it'd be all dark elves <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it for me that's it for you it's like you got nothing else after that <laughs> I'm tapped out. All right. <laughs> All right, Mike. Ta- Mike's ta- he's tapping you in, uh, Mike. He's tapping you in. So okay. what do you got? So um, I picked up enough of the uh, stuff during the mid, uh, the New Year Life, New Life Festival to get my mount. So I got the uh, uh, Indrik mount. And then today, uh, Zoss dropped a new announcement on us. Uh-oh. So the Indriks evolve. So, during certain in-game events indicated below, collect event tickets by participating in that event's activities. So, if you haven't gotten your mount, you can still collect uh, tickets. And you can turn the tickets in for berries. Indric berries. That every event will have its own unique Indric berry. Starting with the mid-year mayhem in January for some reason, instead of in July like it usually is. Oh, great. I can't wait for Mid-Year Mayhem. The Morrowind Celebration, the Thieves Guild Dark Brotherhood Celebration, and the Jester's Festival. You then feed these berries to your Indric, and it evolves into a new type of Indric. Oh, no. So This is like Pokemon. Yeah. Yes, we've got Pokemon in Tamriel now. So oh, God. You can, and if you get enough tickets, you can, as they say here, you can buy more feathers so that you can have a new Indric to morph later. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. I love it because I don't know if anybody played Pokemon, but this is essentially what breeding Pokemon is like. You just feed them berries and they ended up becoming something else. One of the headlines here says, 
collect them all. And I'm just thinking in my head, they really screwed up on this. They should have put gotta in front of that. You gotta, <laughs> gotta collect them all. Or else your wife kills you for not collecting the mouse. Yeah, so, you know, so if you, you know, were short on your feathers or tickets, you know, you didn't get them, uh, you know, you can still acquire more uh, event tickets throughout the uh, 2019 season to either buy your first Indrik or to buy berries to morph your first Indrik and buy another Indrik. <laughs> Eventually, you'll be able to start breeding your mounts together like you can in Pokemon nurseries. You know, this is like, you know, the, all of my ESO gameplay has literally been collecting, doing the, the dailies needed to get the stupid feathers. And then, you know, come to find out if you did enough of the New Life festivals and you got these blue charity writs in your uh, New Life boxes and you got, I think it was 12 of those, you could turn in the charity writs and get a new skin. So now, you know, thanks to uh, some friends of mine who, you know, helped me out, uh, you know, spent hours, you know, as I was literally running around to Alkir Castle swallowing swords, uh, finally got all 12 of them and now Throngar is a crystalline colossus. Swallowing swords to become a crystalline colossus. <laughs> yep. Wow. Good. For, good for you. Uh, so yeah. So that's what I've been doing. You know, and I thought that it's interesting that we are now becoming the Pokemon of Tamriel. You know, got to collect them all. I should make a new character called Ash uh, Ketchum. I think <laughs> it would have to be. Um, what was a new class that came out a couple of years ago? The Warden it has to yeah. be a Warden. Oh uh, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> he would be the one that uh, the the warden would be the one for sure to uh, to get them to get their hands on an evolving mountain in Elder Scrolls Online, Pokemon like. Yeah, to defeat the tribunal against their uh, mount uh, monstrosities. <laughs> you have to go to each major city and fight uh, the battlemaster there. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll keep mine quick, uh, guys. So. Um, because I'm eager to uh, get into get into the lore. Uh, we're still trying to kind of figure out the the balance a little bit on the show. So I, I appreciate your uh, you um, you guys kind of hanging in go, there. You have to go to jail to continue the quest. Yeah, I'm trying to find the freaking jail around here. Where the? It's one of the barrack buildings on the outskirts there. Yeah, the oh, okay, all right. If they were oblivion guards, you've been ready in jail. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Constantly getting uh, thrown in jail in oblivion. <laughs> Uh, so I did end up getting the Forgotten Seasons adventure, uh, from the Creation Club off of Skyrim Special Edition on Steam. Um, I paid for it. It was 1,200 credits, which is roughly about 13 to $14. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm playing through it still. Um, <clears throat> I was streaming this, uh, this adventure for, uh, maybe about, I don't know, maybe about two, three hours, about a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a big, expansive Dwemer Ruin. Lots of uh, puzzles and traps in there. Uh, definitely a good time for sure. Um, if um, if you don't mind, okay, getting something off the Creation Store, which I know is, you know, it's it that thing has split the community. People feel, you know, one way or, or another about it. Uh, a lot of people feel like, you know, it's it's bad business practices and it's extremely divisive, and which I won't argue. I. I you know, I see. I see the point on that for sure. In in, in extreme cases, I completely agree with it. Um, so so in any event, um, you know, I did end up getting it. I am enjoying it. I do think it is um, a lot of fun. Not sure if it's worth 
the money, though. So when I finish it, I will let you know if I do believe it's worth the money. Um, at this point, if I were to give it a, uh, an up or a down, I think I'm maybe about halfway through it. Uh, I'm going to say no. No, it is, it is not worth it. Uh, but, like I said, I'm holding out judgment until the very end. Um, it is hours worth. Of, it, it's not hours and hours worth, but um, it's a couple hours worth of content. I'm going to say maybe about two to three hours of, uh, of content. So if that's uh, worth 13 to $14 for you, uh, then awesome. Have at it. Uh, for me, uh, I, I think at this point I would still I would still buy it, so I do believe it's worth it for me. Um, but I, I can't say that this is, this is just a, a hands-down win for, for everyone out there um, for, for sure. So, so be that as it may. Like I said, I'm, I'm holding off my, my, uh, my full opinion on this. Um, until I do finally play through the entire thing. Uh, but for now, it's not looking good. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to have to investigate these and let us know, you know, how they turn out, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping by uh, by next episode, which will be in like two weeks, um, I'll have the whole thing done and I'll be able to uh, give it the uh, the official um, thumbs up or thumbs thumbs down in relationship to uh, in relation to the price. Uh, if it, I mean, look, it, no matter how you slice it, price or not, okay, it's good. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying myself, but it's just an extra, it's an extra cost on top of the game, uh, which is uh, on sale right now, by the way. So maybe that, that helps out a little bit. Uh, so, so keep that in mind. But I don't anyway. think anyone else is actually doing that, um, reporting, uh, what the, uh, creation club stuff is about. No. As people, far as content goes, people are people are look. El, there are a couple of Elder Scrolls podcasters out there. Okay, we all know who they are. Um, I, this is just something that people don't touch, and they don't they don't touch it for a lot of reasons. Um, I can only guess at to what those reasons are, and I think it's because most podcasters like to keep away from controversy. Um, and it, it, the the Creation Club is extremely controversial. There is no way that you can talk about this effectively. Um, and, and not, and, and not look like an asshole to somebody it, right now. I'm, I mean, I might look like an asshole to Bethesda because I can't, I do call them what they are paid mods and, and I'm sorry for that, but that is what it is. Um, if I, if I talk too favorably about it, then I look like an asshole in front of our listeners. Uh, if I, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a fine line that you got to walk and, and I'm being as, as honest as possible. I'm being as upfront about it as, as possible. I, I am a huge fan of the game. So I am weighing that against my opinions on this too. And I'm trying to be as honest about it as I possibly can. Um, and there are just some people out there that are just super uncomfortable in doing that. And I, I can understand that. Um, the minute you, you don't look good when you have a show, uh, talking about, you know, a product that you are, you know, unofficially advertising for and not getting paid for it. You're, you're kind of doing it for, for a little influence and a little clout with, with the developers and, if they don't like what you're saying, then you lose that. And it's, it kind of, it sucks big time for some people. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily care too much. You know, I, I, the, those folks in, in those, those, you know, Bethesda and, and Zoss, they, they know me well enough to know that I, I, I've run the gamut with them. Um, you know, they, they know me enough to, to be aggravated with me and, and at the same time, you know, kind of tolerate my existence. 
And uh, I know some of the folks there do listen and, and, you know, they listen well and appreciate some of the things I say and don't appreciate other things I say. And Well, you're not an ash pile yet, so. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Uh, and still, 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 uh, still not an ash pile yet. But, but anyway, um, that I understand why people don't talk about it. Uh, it's, it is extremely divisive and people want to stay away from that sort of thing. Uh, let's jump into the lore, guys. It's been, uh, our, our listeners have been waiting an hour at this point for us to get get to get to this thing so mithra why don't you kick us off with this week in tamrielic holidays all right evening star Saturalia. evening star the 25th the new life festival comes a few days early in Wayrest with Saturalia, traditionally held on the 25th of evening star originally a holiday for a long forgotten god of debauchery it has become a time of gift giving parties, and parading. Visitors are encouraged to participate. Old Life Festival. Evening Star the 30th to the 31st. On the last day of the year, the Empire celebrates the holiday called Old Life. Many go to the temples to reflect on their past. Some go for more than this, for it is rumored that the priests will as the last act of the year, perform resurrections on beloved friends and family members free of the usual charge. Worshippers know better than to expect this philanthropy, but they arrive in a macabre procession with the recently deceased nevertheless. Ale flows free in all the taverns in all the cities of Tamriel on this day. All I could think of when you were saying that is that somebody's pulling a cart behind him and they got the old man in the back of the cart going, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bom. Shut up. You will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The guys with the, um, with the, what is it? The frying pans. They just bong themselves in the head and they walk about, you know? Yeah. I was what? Mining okay. Python and the Holy Grail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Morning Star, New Life Festival, Morning Star the first. Today, the people of Al Care, which is the city of my choosing this time, are having the New Life Festival in celebration of a new year. The emperor has ordered another tax increase in his New Life address, and there is much grumbling about this. Still, despite financial difficulties, the new life tradition of free ale at all the taverns in the cities continues. The people of Alcair certainly know how to hold a celebration. In Daggerfall, this is the summoning day of Clavicus Vile. Uh-huh. Also, Tiber Septum was supposedly born in the Eclair. The, the eclair, huh? The eclair? <laughs> <laughs> Not Elcair, but the eclair. The huh? eclair. That's a that's a deep uh, that's a deep dig from the older podcast uh, episodes. Um, I'm, I was, I'm a big fan of older episodes, so I, I dig these things up. Um, <laughs> Scour Day, morning star to second. Scour Day is a celebration held in most High Rock villages on the day. After New Life, it was once a day, like 
It was once the day one cleans up after new life, but has changed into a party of its own. As it always does. That always happens. Just uh, trying to, uh, you know, make sure there's no uh, cigarettes in your beer. Right. Ah, oh, gross. <laughs> gross. All right. Uh, so, so um, <clears throat> that was that was it, right? If I remember correctly, that was yep. it. That was it. All right. Good job, Mithril. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So, so, uh, Mike, as you can see on the screen, uh, I have picked up the Cursed Ring of Hercene, uh, which causes the wearer to randomly become a werewolf. You know, in all the years that I've been playing this game, I have never randomly become a werewolf. Really? And I think that this is like kind of like, I, like the first time I did this quest, I was freaked out by the, reading that. Yeah. And like I ran out of the city in case I turned into a werewolf in Falkreath. Yeah, and was like, okay, I gotta get this done because God forbid I like walk into solitude, right. turn into a werewolf, and you know, like kill everybody in solitude. I wonder if it's actually broken; it never triggers. Yeah, or if it's just that the quest is such a short quest that you know you can be over and done with before it has a chance to trigger. That's a yeah. good question. Um, is there anyone in the chat room that that has worn this cursed ring of her scene and has actually randomly become a werewolf? Uh, tweet us out on Quest Gaming Twitter uh, with uh, busting out, you know, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for those like listening um, past the uh, past the live show, uh, send us a tweet at Elder Scrolls OTR. All right, and let us know if if you've ever randomly become a werewolf using the cursed ring of her scene. Uh, that that I think would be uh, a lot of a lot of fun to sort of track and. Uh, I don't know. Let's 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 be let's be dopes about it. Let's throw in a a, a stupid hashtag in there. How about hashtag busting out furry? About... <laughs> you might get some weird comments there, but yeah, okay. <laughs> you, think, you think maybe that hashtag may align? Maybe busting us out Harry might be better. <laughs> busting busting out Harry? That might even be yeah. worse. But uh, yeah, yeah well, furries uh, have a tendency of buying tails. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Mike, how do you know that? <laughs> well, if you're on DeviantArt long enough. Yeah, all right. Okay. If you were on uh, Tumblr before the ban. <laughs> Let's say... <laughs> all right, a couple of, couple of accounts there may have been in Bit and Bridal, I suppose. <laughs> uh so let's let's uh let's forget about the hashtag nonsense and just let us know at Elder Scrolls OTR if you ever if you we have had to destroy ever. the hashtag motif. Yeah, sorry, let's Yeah, let's not do that. Um but yeah, anyway, here it is. And uh Mike, is there at this point, is there anything uh you would like for me to do in game in regards well, to just this? to start the quest along here that uh, you have to go hunting, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, gotta put I'll... the ring on and go hunting for a white stag. Oh, I gotta wear this stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, Are you on the hunt? All right, I'll put it on. Uh, all right. So while I'm I'm doing that, I can't put it on. It might already be on because you've accepted it. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. It's yeah, it's on. on. Never mind. You can't take it off. Never mind. What's the matter <laughs> with me? I don't know what's happening to me. Anyway, um, Mike, let's uh, let's jump into uh, the history of. Okay, we're going to be talking about our our uh, our fuzzy friends, the werewolves. <laughs> and, 
Uh, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just follow the breadcrumb trail of ill met by moonlight, and hopefully visually and entertain our our friends here on on Twitch as well. Oh, it's already entertaining me. Yeah. <laughs> so the first book uh, that we're gonna talk about is the Charwich Coning Letters. Here, uh, the cemetery is actually outside of the city gates. I discovered. The locals warned me to wait until morning to speak to the caretaker, but I was impatient for information and did not want to waste a moment. I trekked through the woods to the lonely graveyard and immediately found the shuffling elderly man who was the caretaker. He bade me leave, that the land was haunted, and if I chose to stay, I would be in the greatest of dangers. I told him that I would not go until he told me what he knew about the... about. Hadwarf Nifwir and his patron Balthazar. On hearing their names, he fled deeper into the jumble of broken tombstones and decrepit mausoleums. I naturally pursued. I saw him stumble down into an enormous crypt and gave chase. There was no light within, but I had planned enough to bring with me a torch. The minute I lit it, I heard a long, savage howl pierce the silence. And I knew that the caretaker had left quickly. I knew that the caretaker had left quickly, not merely because he feared speaking of Narwir and Balthazar. Before I saw the creature, I heard its heavy breath and the clack of its clawed feet on the stone moving closer to me. The werewolf emerged from the gloom, brown and black, with slavering jaws, looking at me with the eyes of the cemetery caretaker now given only to the animal hunger. I instantly had three distinct instinctive reactions. The first was, of course, flight. The second was to fight. But if I fled, I might never find the caretaker again and learn what he knew. If I fought, I might injure or even kill the creature and be even worse off. So I elected to go with my third option. I held my ground and kept the creature within the tomb until the night became morning and the caretaker resumed his humanity. I sparred often enough unarmored, but surely never with such, with so much at stake, never with so savage an opponent. My mind was always on danger, not only of injury, but of the dread disease lycanthropy. Every rake of its claws I parried, every snap of its foaming jaw I ducked. I sidestepped when I tried to rush me, but I closed the distance to keep it from escaping into the night. For hours we fought. I always on the defense it always trying to free itself or to slay me or both i have no doubt that a werewolf has greater energy reserves than a man but it is a beast and does not know how to save its temper or its movements as the dawn rose we were both nearly unconscious from fatigue but i received my reward the creature became a man once again he was quite considerably friendlier than he had been before. In fact, when he realized that I had prevented him from going on his nocturnal rampage through the countryside, he became positively affable. So I like this one only because of the fact that it gives a lot of like the horror aspects that you deal with when that I think has been lost uh, in this game to the werewolves that, uh, you know, you join the companions and they're friendly towards you and it's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you meet a werewolf in the, the wilderness and it's already in werewolf form. And uh, it's, you know, it's not really scary. It's just another monster. Yeah. But yeah. This, 
this story really does justice to the the horror trope that is werewolves. Yeah, I got to yeah. be honest with you. When you and then and then we'll I'll, I'll jump over to you, Mithril. I know you want to get something out too. Um, when you play Daggerfall, okay, there is a a uh, the, the the whole um, werewolf thing in Daggerfall comes with a heaping amount of of horror movie tropes in it. And and it's just it abs it's it's just beautiful and fantastic. Um and I, I kind of I, I know what you mean. Like by the time you hit Elder Scrolls online, you know, now now we're dealing with, you know, characters that are werewolves and, and we we adore them. We we find them likable and friendly. And and I guess that's fine, but it seems to have become the norm versus the rarity and um you know, so when you say you know, there's a difference there, I see what you mean. Uh, what are you trying to say there, Mithril? Oh, um, I say that you kind of get more of the horror feel when you do the Moonlight Tales mod or um, immersive creatures, because in immersive creatures, creatures after I installed that, I got attacked uh, by a whole pack of werewolves, and uh, running never felt more important ever. <laughs> Uh, when you have a whole bunch of those spawning at the same time. Oof. Good, uh... I think the most scary encounter I ever had with a werewolf, I had installed a mod to make nighttime dark. Yeah, that I did that too. <laughs> the, um, the Aurora Borealis didn't come out every night, and if it wasn't a clear sky, it was like pitch black. You needed torches to walk at night. They suggested that you stay on the roads. And I had just come through the pass by... Um, um, labyrinthia and i was down by that little shrine to talos and it was really just pitch black and i'm like oh i just got to get through this and one of them came out of the darkness and i jumped out of my seat i was like freaking out like it was really scary yeah the noise and, and the glowing eyes are like the only thing you can really register yeah and that was like the only time like werewolves in these games have actually been scary and like met the the criteria of like you know the horror trope that it was so mm. but that's why i like the book there is it gives you that horror trope of you know this guy goes into the crypt follow an old man down there only to find out his worst nightmares come true hmm. okay so the next book is called living with lycanthropy Throughout the ages, whenever one heard the word werewolf, it was a cry of fear and revulsion. This need not be the case any longer. We shall prove to Tamriel that it is indeed possible to live a productive, peaceful life with the well-afflicted with Sanus Lupinus. Our rule resists the urge to commit violence. By withdrawing from society, one can learn how to apply this simple rule to everyday life. Do not give in to feral desires to retaliate against those who cannot understand our plight. We are not meant to destroy others simply for sport. Hercene blessed us with the ability to fight well, with strength beyond that of an ordinary person. We must not take advantage of the blessings to hurt anyone, but rather use it in ways that benefit others like ourselves. Hunting can be a rewarding pastime and a way of worshipping our patron. It should not be a way to torment others, whether man nor beast. This blessing, for it is a blessing and not a curse, allows us to carry heavy loads and to cover vast distances without tiring. We make excellent traveling merchants for this reason, as well as laborers of all kinds. By showing cont continued restraint, 
by not lifting our hand against others, by proving that hunger does not drive us to kill, we honor ourselves and our families. It is our duty to demonstrate that werewolves can be peaceful throughout our continued faith in Hircine's blessings. So once again, you know, we've gone from a horror trope to somebody who's trying to make it the norm. And, oh, we're back in Blood Man's Grotto, I see. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can see how it's changed now. Totally. The uh, the Blood Moon uh, is upon Ivarwin's character <laughs> right now. The Blood yeah. Moon rises. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the a... distinctive uh, sky. There is a blood, uh, Zelda reference right there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, they're trying to, to normalize it, you know. It's not as good as the last one, but, you know, it still is, you know, talks about how, you know, the people of Tamriel do visualize uh, lycanthropy. Right. So then we have lycanthrop- lycanthropic legends in Skyrim uh, by Leventicus in Ventius, Order of the Horn. I had heard the same rumors as everyone else, that the province of Skyrim was awash in various forms of lycanthropy. So first off, that makes me think, like, you know, that we should have a werewolf in every uh, house and kitchen or something. (laughs) Um, I had studied werewolves for some time and was keen to see if these rumors of werebears were actually sustained. I elected to pursue these studies in the warmer summer months in in different... Indifference to my fragile constitution. One quickly finds that common villagers are practically no use in this land. Whereas in Cyrodiil, even the youngest child can tell you the true fauna that inhabits its environs. Here, I find alleged wise men recounting tales of unicorns and flying horses directly alongside their stories of werebears. So I don't put any stock in the rumors. They certainly have their traditions of warding off werebears, certain plants and ceremonies, but nobody can attest to even having seen one firsthand, much less possess any sort of artifact. Everyone has a cousin or a friend who saw one once, but when pressed, these stories fall apart. I don't wish to completely discount these stories, but I also must conclude that they may have spun out of some wild retelling of a particularly vicious or mundane bear. Legends can take on a life of their own, particularly when there are grains of truth. As here we have the very real threat of werewolves. I worry that by spreading stories of a potentially false or rare beast, people may begin to discount the threat that real beasts pose. But if Skyrim's people chose to lead a backwards life, shrieking in shadows and clouds, I will not stop them. The werewolves of this land are a curious sort, at least the legends of them. Given the Nord's flair for bravado, I had expected to see werewolf pelts lining the walls of the city, werewolf heads on spikes, that sort of gaudy show. Instead, few people in civilized society ever mentioned them, and my questions were usually met with nervous stares thinking that perhaps the common folk were simply more cowardly than I had been led to believe in my Nordic acquaintances in Cyrodiil. I sought out those known for actual bravery, the supposedly fearless warrior band of Whiterun, the Companions. All lost 
all color when I broached the subject and asked me to leave. I thought better of them and had was disappointed on how quickly brave men and women can be intimidated by stories. <laughs> this says you were on to us. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing into the wilderness, away from any sort of settlement, I would often find hunters willing to recount stories of their kills. It was finally through one of them, a certain Carson Hammerback, that I heard my first and unfortunately only verifiable stories of werewolves in the province, accompanied by pelts and claws to prove the killing. Just as I was thrilling to find some actual evidence of local beasts, he got a wild conspiratorial look in his eyes and began spinning tales of a band of werewolf hunters and their exploits in hunting down the creatures. I left him to mop his drool and continue my journeys. In the end, I regret that my trip to Skyrim did not prove more productive. If indeed true, if it is indeed true that their breeds of lycanthropes are distinct forms and more powerful than our local ones, they could have proven powerful allies in our conflict against the influx of the were-vultures of Valenwood. If they had grown as great and terrible as my friend Galleon Assets, they could soon threaten the interior of Tamriel. And when summer next crests, I planned to travel there for a better accounting of the winged Cretans, so that my that I may make more fitting report to the council. Where so vultures, this, huh? Very imperial. Yes. <laughs> and I wonder if he's a werewolf himself because of the way he talks at the very end there. Yeah, you know, and he doesn't seem to be afraid of them, and he knows about them in in uh, Cyrodiil. It was all very cavalier. Yeah. Uh, so there was you, mention of the silver hand uh, without actually mentioning it by name, though. Yes. What do you think about uh, that, uh, Mithril? About what? The silver uh, hand? Yeah, about the about. <clears throat> no, I mean just in general about about the the whole, uh, um, lycanthrope legends of Skyrim uh, thing that um, Mike just. Yeah, read. it it does play upon the idea that werebears are extremely hard to find and only where place you can find them are on Solstheim. Yeah. Which is legitimately part of Skyrim, but I don't think anyone uh, told the guy that you have to go to Solstheim to find werebears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about you, Mike? Well, I think it's interesting because it does cover three different unique species of lycanthropes. And one thing that he is talking about is that there seems to be a difference between the lycanthropes in different regions. Just like when we covered vampires, that the different clans of vampires each had unique characteristics. That the uh, vocal guard um, clan in Skyrim was much different than the ones found in Cyrodiil. And they're different from the ones found in Valenwood. And the same thing with the lycanthropes, that even though they're werewolves in uh, all in the game in the different games, they each seem to have a different um, aspect to them, a different breeding. Uh, you know, whether they're stronger, bigger, faster, whatever the case might be, that uh, it seems like he's implying that there, there's differences. Sure. And then uh, you know the fact that you know we do he does talk about where vultures and where bears. We also know that. Um, there are where uh, bats, uh, where crocodiles, where uh, sharks, 
wear tigers. So there's a whole bunch of different um, uh, um, lycanthropes found throughout the different provinces, and it seems like they're different from province to province. Do you think only Argonians can become were sharks? <laughs> no, I think that the uh, the Maumer become were sharks. Maumer. I, I think it's are... speculation that were shark is more of like a legend than an actual canon species. <laughs> I think the the Argonians would become off, uh, off hands, like oh. I think I've seen a were crocodile. No, you're kidding. That's made up. You know, <laughs> those kind of conversations. Right, right. Someone might have been hitting the skoom a little too hard. <laughs> it was one of the books. I remember um, listening to this show, and it was mentioned that, like, in I think it was, like, uh, in that floating city, someone was talking about the relevance of a were crocodile or something like that, and the other guy was like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just so you guys know, uh, I, I did I did complete the quest um, Ill Met by Moonlight, I think it's called, yep. and, and um, I ended up killing uh, the werewolf. Okay, slapped you around a little bit. What's that? He slapped you around a little bit. Yeah, he smacked me around pretty good, but uh, I I persisted in the face of adversity. <laughs> he didn't like the way that you hit him. He often was running away more than fighting, though. I didn't like the way he hit me either, so that that's what the fight was all about. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to hit you. I'm like, well, ow, I'm going to hit you back. And he's like, well, ow, bro, that hurts. I'm going to run away. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm I'm chasing you down. That, that Meridius sword, I think, was a lot. Even though it doesn't really affect him that much, for some reason, I think the, that werewolf did not. It was definitely afraid of your weapon. No, he was not. Yeah, he was not happy about Dawnbreaker. <laughs> so I get I, I ended up getting as a reward um a piece of light armor called Savior's Hide. Uh it increases your magic resistance and increases your poison resistance as well. Uh and it is a piece of again light armor. So uh for those of you out there looking for a nice uh solid piece of light armor, um if you kill the werewolf in bloated man's grotto during the quest ill met by moonlight. Uh, you'll get a pretty pretty solid-looking uh, piece of light armor here that'll increase your uh, resistance against magic and poison. There's a great mod that goes with that, and I'm going to try to put that in my notes to mention next week. Okay. I do know that there was a bug with the quest that if you walked into the grotto and then walked back out, that the ring no longer was cursed and you could take it off and put it in your inventory and then go back in and kill the werewolf and you would get both the ring and the uh, uh, the savior's hide at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the dual-wielding Meridia swords. Yeah. But if you shoot the, the, the Dawnbreaker off the pedestal uh, with an arrow before the doors close, that uh, you're able to pick it up off the floor and then p- touch the pedestal and float up into the air and get a second one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder uh, if every item in the game has this bug. Well, if you have the item code, you could just type them in. But yeah, know, well, I mean the legendary yeah. weapons, you know. That is true. Yeah, you could always uh, jump into the console there and and. But as that. a console player, these are really invaluable cheats. Yeah, as true. somebody who played this on PS3 originally, you know, it was you know definitely things that you found out to do because you couldn't just be like, oh. I'd like a second Dawnbreaker. Oh, I'd like, you know, right. this armor, you know. Right. I, I remember that. I remember you telling me about some of your uh, 
misadventures there on the uh, the old PS3 console, and you were like, yeah, I mean, the loading, uh, the the loading issues was so bad, I could literally get up and make a sandwich and come back and eat it, and it would still be loading. Yeah, I mean, by the time I got, because I was completionist, I had completed all of Skyrim, then all of Dawnguard, then was all of um, the stuff on Solstheim. And by the time I was done, I mean, you literally had 10 to 15 minute load screens. Wow. That's insane. Everything was contained within, you know, the, the RAM of the system. Yeah. And hey, uh, there is one really cool, unique thing you can do just real quick. There is a uh, Giants Club that was actually usable uh, that around Whiterun, north of Whiterun, and uh, you could literally wield it. Well, you couldn't wield it, but you can give it to a follower, but they can never unequip it, and that thing was sick powerful. <laughs> give it to Lydia, and she'd smack everybody around. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, Mike. make sure you save before you go fight Giants. Yeah, no, I, I, already, I already saved. Okay. And uh, I'm not gonna. I I don't mind. The, I'm not gonna fight the giants. I I don't mind that's, them. They're, they're peaceful. That sleeping tree. Uh, that is a. Uh, that's the only the in-game relevant source that has to do with the books because that floating city went over that area and that 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 tree, that that sleeping sap tree is uh as a product of that of the of the city. Yeah, there's a book that you can find inside the cave there that talks about it and. Uh, it's part of a quest for uh, the town bike. Mm. Uh, I don't like uh, acknowledging that those books are canon. <laughs> 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 I, I did not enjoy those stories at all. Well, speaking of books, we got uh, two more to do here. Yes, please. Uh, so the werewolves hide from an unknown pack leader. Some will tell you that our greatest strength is our hunger or our numbers or our rage or our claws or our fangs. These are fools. The gift of Hercene is not simply about weapons, but about defense. To hunt in the great hunting grounds of our master, we must be impervious to pain, masters of our own bodies. Many a werewolf hunter will seek your hide for this reason. They will try to wear it, or else burn it. Either way, it is your greatest prize, and you should take care of it and not let it fall to filth and disrepair. A wolf's coat is the maker a marker of his status it bears his scars and protects his body against harm treat it as a nobleman treats his finery for you are a servant of Hercene. too often have i encountered feral wolves with mangy coats you are not wild dogs you are not senseless wolves with no choice but to wander the woods as animals you are kings among hunters you are beset by enemies when the mob comes for you, you will transform into your true selves to face sword and sickle, pitchfork and pike, and you will thank me. Your coat will gleam and terrify, and no blow will harm you. And so one of two points that I wanted to bring up with this. One is that when you complete the quest and you got the Savior's Hide, uh, it's almost like he's given you the pelt from the werewolf. Because it is one of the few... Uh, uh, armors that has a lot of like fur on it and then the second thing is is in most lycanthrop legends uh, the only way to kill a werewolf is through use of silver and it's interesting to see that in game that you're able to kill most of the werewolves even with basic iron tools and weapons oh yeah and yet and yet a um 
a group like the Silver Hand, which is obviously an Easter egg for for that sort of uh, myth, uh, modern day myth about you know werewolves only dying to silver uh, exists in the game. So so obviously that that myth uh, persists in in Tamriel, and, and and yet so I agree with you. I, I think it would be great if the only way that you could kill um, uh, werewolves in Skyrim is if you went out and made silver weapons yourself. I mean, silver ingots are not impossible to find. They're, they're, they're around, you know, is it really like that difficult to, you know, like, I think that would have been, yeah, cool. I think it would have been fine if they were like, took considerably less damage from normal weapons. Kind of like how a dragon is like, yeah, the nice sword bro, but that's not going to work too well. Yeah, they could have, you know? yeah, they could have done something where, you know, you could, you could, you know, knock one, they'll take considerably less damage and you can knock one down long enough to like really run away and, and, and you know, but he'll get out I, of there. outpace you in that fight because you just can't do the damage. Right. You know? yeah, right. And but it would be nice him? if no. like you had to have a silver weapon or uh, like if you go up to the one um, dungeon there north of Whiterun, it's like um, the Lunar Forge where you yeah. uh, can forge weapons that do more damage to animals. Uh-huh. Or you know they do damage at night or something like that. Right. Like if that actually like it seems like they had a lot of stuff planned, but like it never got fulfilled. I actually did make a whole set of Lunar Forge stuff for uh, a clone character of Ayla the Huntress. I made. How did it work out for you? I've never made anything out of there because it just seemed like so narrow. Those the uh, the benefits well, of those things. Because I'm a uh, a responsible werewolf. You know, I'm trying to kill um, fauna, and it's just a lore way to do it. Just and an, everything's enchanted with the anti-animal magic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> gotcha. I mean, taking down bears is easier. I mean, that's pretty good because bears are sometimes way more uh, decimating than than the common dragon. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, they, they they hit like trucks. Those damn things. <laughs> Bears and saber cats, they hit like freaking trucks. That's why you gotta play a sneak archer. You kill them before they even know you're there. Oh man, sneak archer is <laughs> that is a great is you, a great you, way to the play. The saber cat will sneak up on you at level fifteen and, and one shot you. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, you got uh, one more book on there for us. Yep. All the right. Cure for lycanthropy. So you know we've talked a little bit about you know their weapons and you know how it's done. And we'll cover more about who her scene is and how the, the, the curse or blessing is bestowed in the upcoming one. But the cure from the archivist and Arnold of the Silver Dawn. The cure is finally within my grasp. An end to lycanthropy once and for all. For over a decade, I have devoted myself to this very research. And now that I have finally found my answer, I am told no. I realize, Commander Edith's concerns are not unfounded, and I cannot deny the risk of such a venture. To even find a werewolf transformed by Hersene would be a tremendous task. And then to capture the creature? There's absolutely no guarantee that the Silver Dawn would be capable of such a feat. Even still, should we not even try? When I think of all the good that can be accomplished, should my research bear fruit? This is not our very... Is this not our very 
the very purpose of our order to completely eradicate the lycanthropy threat I must convince the commander to agree to this research I must it seems the divines have smiled upon me though it may only have been a few short months since I made inquiries I have just received word of a werewolf named Vincosa hiding somewhere within Malabal Tor rumor has it that she is a first turned changed into a beast by her scene himself oh. my records seem to only co- collaborate on this as I've found records which mention her name that date back centuries this may be just the opportunity I have been looking for unfortunately the commander still stands in my way her word is law within this keep and every mention of my research only seems to fill her with a stronger resolve to deny me but I cannot give up hope for now not when so much is at stake. I simply must persuade the commander, no matter the cost, and I believe I have just the thing to bring her to my side. Commander Idate has finally agreed to capture Vilcosa, unsurprising, given that her own husband has now been cursed with lycanthropy, a transmission courtesy of one of the many blood samples at my disposal. Put forth the idea of curing masses, and the commander balked at the danger. But when it's her own loved one in need of a cure, she crumbled right before my eyes. Pathetic. Now I must simply set a trap for Vicosa. No easy task, of course, but one that I am confident a man of my intellect can pull off. Victory is almost at hand. One way or another, I will create this cure. By the eight, I must, after all. I do this not for my own satisfaction, but for the good of humankind. And so once again, like with any other monster story, who is the real monster? Right, right. Yeah, isn't Vicosta a world boss? Um, I think so. It rings a bell. I don't know, I haven't played Varden, that, that area, Malabal Tor, in a long time. How, how, is, a, how, is, how is it spelled? Maybe we can uh, do a quick search um, on it and find out. V-Y-K-O-S-A. Vicosa. Because I kind of recognize it, too. It'd be interesting. Um, good call out there on, on that. You know, like with mo- most monster stories, you know, who's who's truly the monster? It's a monster here? set. That's the first thing I've seen so far. Okay. It's uh, located in Moon Hunter Keep. Wow. Kudos to Zoss for, for that lore uh that lore callback. Monster Helm set. It's part of the Wolf Hunter DLC. Very nice. That's why I haven't completed Wolf Hunter yet, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew it sounded familiar. Um we must have covered it on, on the show at at some when Moon Hunter was uh was coming out because it sounded that's familiar to me too. Yeah. Cool. Good. Uh. Good ear there, uh, Mithril. Nice job. Um. All right. Uh. So. So, Mike, you got anything else on this? So that is it for our lore section. Uh. Next episode, I think we're gonna cover uh, Hercene himself. So that's why there's some uh books on lycanthropy that I didn't cover, uh, like the story between the um, the fight between Shiagorath and Hercene. 
um, things like that. So, you know, we'll have those books in an upcoming episode. Right. All right, very good. Uh, so as as I'm fighting this frost dragon here, uh, we're we're getting close to uh, to the end of the show. Um, we do have a nice. Uh, we've got our fast question of the week and a nice discussion surrounding it uh, coming up in just a minute. Uh, but I do want to thank our sponsor first before we uh, we do any of that, which is of course Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you are looking for, if you're in the market for some brand new earbuds might we suggest our sponsor tweakedaudio.com they've got excellent earbuds and no i'm not saying that because they sponsor us and have so for years i'm saying it because their product is actually fantastic and as a matter of fact i'm gonna let their product do it's talking for me so so here's here's the deal guys okay uh we're gonna save you a ton on tweakedaudio.com okay you go there you check out their product for around $30, okay? Uh, you'll be able to get yourself an awesome pair of earbuds that are going to be extremely durable. They're going to last you a real long time, all right? Um, I put mine through hell uh, jogging uh, at at, uh, at the gym and whatnot. Uh, Killing got... that dragon right there. He wasn't wearing any tweaked audio earbuds. It was not. He could not hear me coming. <laughs> Um, they, they sound fantastic. Okay. These things are going to last you for a good long while. Um, so, so there's, there's some built in savings there as well. I mean, how many times you spend, you know, $10 here, you know, $20 there for some, um, you know, flimsy, uh, earbuds that you either lose or, or they, uh, they, they pull apart very quickly, uh, after you beat the hell out of them doing, uh, whatever it is that you're doing around the house or in the gym or just, just, you know, out and about. Um, so these are they're highly durable. They're going to last for last year a good long while. The next thing is that they sound awesome. They sound so good that I actually use them while recording a podcast to make sure that all of the little audio bits that happen in the background of, of people with live microphones aren't making their way into your car stereo or your computer speakers or your headphones while listening and it can become extremely annoying. They're tweaked audio headphones are sensitive enough for me uh as a podcaster to make sure that the audio that you're getting is top quality so uh they're extremely uh durable and they've got uh, they're extremely high quality as well now i did mention savings first of all uh, your first bit of savings here is uh, no matter no matter where you are in the world they will ship them to you for free uh, so free worldwide shipping from tweakedaudio.com. And if you use our product code off the record, all one word off the record, we're going to save you 15%, excuse me, I'm sorry, 30%, 30% on your entire order at tweakedaudio.com. That's the code off the record. Now, additionally, uh, they may be running a, uh, an extra, uh, 10% off code as well. You can use those codes in tandem together and you'll save, uh, 40% off. Um, so, so it's uh, definitely a good time to uh, to try out some uh, tweaked audio headphones. Again, roughly around thirty dollars, but you're getting free shipping. We're going to save you thirty percent off with our code off the record. All right, and they're extremely durable and they sound fantastic. So uh, we want to thank Tweaked Audio again for uh, sponsoring our show in part today, and as well uh, as. You're providing an amazing product that we can really uh, put our name behind and, and proudly so. 
So thank you very much for that. Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com. All righty. Okay. So fast question of the week, guys. And uh, this was this was certainly a um, an interesting one. Um, I had asked on Twitter, as an Elder Scrolls fan, how interested are you in seeing canonized stories created by sanctioned authors or producers, which expand the universe beyond the games, in books, TV, movies, etc. So it was a poll on Twitter. lasted for about twenty four hours. We had uh, two hundred votes. And the final results came out with 60% said extremely, 26% said somewhat, 8% said not so much, and 7% said had zero interest. So um, 60% said extremely, and 26% said somewhat interested. Um, out of 200 people, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good chunk right there who uh, you know would definitely be diving into this. Um, I mean, uh, I would, I would certainly love to see it. I know, uh, you guys would too. Um, I guess sort of my question to you guys is why aren't we, I I, look, I know there's, I know there's a lot of like fan fiction out there. Okay. But, but why, why are we not, I don't know. Why are we not seeing Bethesda just kind of like opening up their IP out there to, to creatives, um, and sort of like star Wars did. Uh, sort of just well, expand I mean, and flesh not it out. just Star Wars. I mean, you look at it, you know, you've got the entire Forgotten Realms grouping that um, when they had things like Neverwinter Nights and Baldur's Gate, the problem was is that many of those those books were retellings of the stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Star Wars, you have the entire expanded universe collection and then the non-canonical after Disney got their, their grubs in it. Uh, all of those books, and they did really well. Yeah, uh, you have the books Dragon Age that I've, Dragon Age, which did incredibly well, helping to flesh out the world. Uh, those of you who are fans of the Mist series, Mist has a series of hardcovers that help flesh out the world. I don't understand why Bethesda hasn't gone into it. I understand that there's a ton of fan fiction out there. We have, you know, the two, uh, the Greg Keyes novels, which weren't the most spectacular things but i think they were they were they were okay yeah uh you know there's people out there that are looking for stuff i know that i bought one from amazon um years ago and it's no longer even available uh thank god um what is it called here let's see if it brings it back up or if i lost it i may have lost it that uh, was a self that self published fan fiction. Yeah, book it was a self published fan fiction. It was like Children of the 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 Hist or something like that, and uh, pretty much it, re- it was a recap book. It recapped a person's playthrough of the Thieves Guild oh. in Skyrim, and it's like, ah, oh, come on, you know, I can't believe I spent money on this book. Um, yeah, it had some nice pictures in it, but it was you know a retelling story. So that's. I think one of the, the things to be wary of is you've got bad ones out there, you know, for, for game, you know, that follow along game systems where they tell the story of the, the role playing game that you just played from a character's point of view. Well, that's and why there's... that's why canon uh, canonization for these things is so important. You know, the uh, the old uh, Bethesda seal of approval approval on on this this particular you know story that that's why it's so important. Yeah. 
so you can avoid not not to say garbage, but you know things that people would be disinterested in and and, high, and low quality as well. Uh, so you can avoid that stuff. Yeah, and don't just try and make a buck off of it. I mean, you know, because that's what a lot of these feel like. You know, when you read them, is oh, I played Baldur's Gate. Let me read the Baldur's Gate thing, hoping to get you know a little bit more background on stuff. And it's literally the the gameplay from somebody's point of view, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, this Children of the Swamp or Hiss or whatever it was, you know, was the Thieves Guild storyline right out of Skyrim from their character's point of view. And it's like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about the story of Riften, you know, the, you know, the story of Mercer Frey and, uh, you know, how he came to power. Yeah, That's sure. the kind of stuff I want to hear, the stuff that isn't covered inside the game world. Right. Or the stuff that they didn't yeah. have time for. Yeah. Uh, Mithra, what's your, what's is... your take? Um... My take is that after Arena, Daggerfall was made, and the team that made Daggerfall were all more or less, I believe, fans of the original Arena. And what we got from the building blocks of what made the core elements of the of the lore in the game came from fans of Arena. So this isn't entirely too far fetched from what the series even started from that the people in the development team were just simply just, you know, had a really cool creative ideas and they ended up in the game. Right. Now, um, I think, uh, as Mike might have mentioned before, is that there, if, if we're going to have this kind of ex- this expanded group, uh, expanded thinking prog- project, let's say we have one. It's like, okay, uh, we're going to pick 10 winners for a story contest. You know, there has to be some sort of uh, committee involved in, like, okay, this is this is legitimately good good lore. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's 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 unique, it's well written, it's not full of plot holes. I wouldn't you know. even like I, I I wouldn't even care about that so much. I mean, why don't I mean? How about what about a comic book series? Like, you know, I mean, you can't reach out to you know, DC or, or Marvel or maybe some of their subsidiaries like Vertigo, Dark Horse, you know, and just, just say like, listen guys, let's, we're going to commission our, our IP out to you. Do like, I don't know, a nine issue, a 12 issue monthly, you know, comic book series based in elder scrolls. Okay. Pick any, any era that you want. All right. Take some characters, create some characters. Let's see what you got. Um, give us a story treatment. You know, and just and just kind of go from there. And I, I would I would love love to see something like that. You know, some sort of like comic book series for Elder Scrolls, uh, maybe even a manga. Uh, yeah, sure. Like like novels and books would be really badass too. But you know, what about what about like animated animated movies? You know, yeah, I, I mean, that'd be I'm great. totally open for this. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is kind of like uh, how I treat. Uh, people who do mods for for the games it's like you know right. these are great stories but i guess we have to kind of treat it like the whole um multiple universe thing you know to truly get the most out of it without it interfering with other people's versions of the canon <laughs> I, don't well, I don't think so i mean if it comes through bethesda studios yeah and they approve it i mean you know it, it's you know 
we've, we've seen how this can be done successfully where you have uh, Lotro and, you know, you have, you know, it's based on the Lord of the Rings books and, you know, you've had the estate, you know, license out for the, the six movies and now for the upcoming Amazon um, series uh, that they're what, doing. What, 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 series? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's an Amazon series coming out. Yeah, for Lord of the Rings. I bet it's I bet it is. Uh, I don't think it is, but it's no. going to cover, like, other stories of Middle-earth. Crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it can be done successfully because you'll have an approval process that they ha- that it has to go through. But, like, you know, you have this labyrinthian. Who made this? You know, you know the stories of it when it was in its prime. Um, you know, things like that that, you know, could easily make... You know, a, a short story or a, a whole book, even, you know, if you have some interesting characters that you follow, and this being the setting, you know, the establishment yeah. of it. Or, you know, like we keep saying that, you know, in ESO, I'm really hoping that one of the uh, expansion or events is the founding of the college at Winterhold. I mean, it's one of the areas that we don't have access to yet. Yeah, I'm totally on board for this. It's just like, let's not come up with new gods or anything. No, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. obviously, yeah. No. You know, we have the eight divines or nine divines. You know, we have all of the Daedric princes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah, so we don't need that kind of no, stuff. No, we don't need that. That's what you call garbage fan fiction. And no one's in, you know, like The Last Jedi. Oh, he took that dig. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. We're going to change how the Force works. Right. I'm, am I joking? But I don't know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. We don't need midichlorians in our ESO. We um, don't need um, someone using tonal architecture to alter. Right. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know what happens between Molech Bal and, and right. uh, Vivac. No one, no one, wants, <laughs> no one <laughs> wants to expand <laughs> the Pantheon. No one wants to see a... You know, a story that happened in a in a bubble in 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 oblivion. You know, not just yet, anyway. All right, you want to just flirt with those ideas? Something unique, fine, something but... that's like within, like, uh, you know, just some guy in this era that was living this life while these other big giant things were happening. This guy was just doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, whatever, we literally you know? have a a giant expansive uh, world that has tens of thousands of years worth of history yeah, yeah. why are we telling more stories about this you know and why isn't Bethesda you know sort of opening that up for, for fandom uh, the Elder Scrolls fandom to be like you know this is until Elder Scrolls 6 or 7 comes out until that next like awesome Elder Scrolls game like, like I would love this to holds uh, me like write a story uh about you know what Vanquish is about and what what she did and what her journey was and you know it doesn't have to be inside of you know the game that I'm playing it's just like you know I made up a really great character I like you know I like to flesh that out that'd be really cool to see that be a real thing you know yeah you know there's there's so many like already like you know like famous things uh, that have happened in the series you know and they could easily flesh out like a founding of you know some of these major houses in Morrowind you know have stories about that or the a minor house uh you know in Morrowind flesh out you know some you know just like they could have morality tales throughout this cuz i mean there is so many morality tales that they could be told about uh you know aspects of Morrowind that are very um, uncomfortable to deal with, 
Um, and there's just there's tons of stuff that they could do, but they definitely it it shouldn't be like you know like like the the Greg Keys books where it was like altering of like the 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 whole landscape like you know you don't have to have world ending. It also altered how Clavicus Vile's powers even work. Yeah, you don't have to have world ending destruction, the next Oblivion Crisis. Excuse me. You just have to have a good story with relatable characters, and you know set it in. I want to follow a nobody. You know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, I don't. I don't need an Elder Scrolls story to to explain anything in depth to me that I've seen in the games. Uh, I don't need it to surround like a super famous character. You know, I don't need I don't need the you know the the, the history of Alessia, you know, covered in in comic book format. I don't need that. I just you know the forgotten hero kind of template yeah, is really great. You know, really I like is. it. You know, it's awesome. It's yeah, really I mean, you awesome. You could do things like you know the Dritz Stewart and uh, type of thing where. You have a character who, you know, you explore the heritage of those people, you know, through the eyes of this this outcast and, you know, continue to explore things like that. And it's like, you know, we have all of these different races and how they interact with each other. And, you know, you could really flesh out whole stories just yeah. on, you know, racial basis yeah. in these just like games. a day in a life of somebody that's just happens to be an alt murder that lives in this town you know <laughs> right you know? you know they can if they if they're looking to make money you know keep the keep the microtransactions you know license out the ip i'll buy the hell out of out of some elder scrolls books and you know ah, shit, music i'm telling you like i yeah, like, I just don't uh, understand. Wizards of the Coast, uh, they they kind of do the same thing with the Magic the Gathering lore. Yes, they've got uh, a whole Chandra comic book that um, just came out, I think, in November. I've been trying to track it down. Kind of like how um, Doctor Who kind of have various writers. Like, this is really good. We're going to use this. You know, we're going to have this, uh, sure. you know, already good writer. Right. Write the, you know. Well, I mean, considering that, you know, the fourth Doctor is still having adventures. You know, between the audio books with, uh, 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 what is, the, I can't Big remember finish. the name of the Big system finish. that they use there. Big Finish. Big Finish, yeah. That you can get as part of your Audible account yeah. and, uh, part on Amazon. That, you know, all of, he still, you know, does the reading as the fourth doctor. Does he really? And it, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. He's and still like, a rock star, man. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get, uh, was it, uh, Tenet and Donna Noble uh, uh, stories coming out uh, this year. So there's all kinds of stuff that's still going on and it's like you know, okay, so you got Doctor Who that's doing their thing you know, Star Wars that does their Star Trek and one of the things we said years ago, because remember, I think it was the first E3 um, and I won those playing cards remember it was a five pack of playing cards Mm -hmm. and that's when they announced that Legends was coming out and we were all excited and we were hoping that, you know you were going to be able to go to your local GameStop or on Amazon and buy trading card packs, you know, and have a physical version the same way you do with Magic the Gathering. Right. And that never happened. Nope. And it's like, that's a huge waste right there because, you know, you want to have, you know, loot crates. There's the original loot crate that you go and you buy a five pack of cards hoping to get, you know, oh, God. you know, the, the Alduin card that, you know, is only one out of 10,000 cards. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Wizards, 
Wizards makes so much freaking money with with those uh, with those cards. I mean, hand over fist, so much money on that. It's insane. Um, they really do. But anyway, um, I, I mean, we could we could go on we could go on forever with with this with this sort of uh, discussion. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I would I'm just really saying that you know, as a fan of Elder Scrolls, I would really love it too. Wow, actually. <laughs> Wow, that's, I just got uh, force balanced and pushed uh, off my feet. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Wow. You you uh, t posed and span in midair. That's what happened. That was. <laughs> anyone uh, that that's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I mean, I would I would just buy the hell out of just some just crazy yeah. ass Elder Scrolls merchandise uh, for for that, and I really don't understand like why they don't open up the IP to more more stuff like this. Um, there's so much going on uh, in in other in other IPs, and I mean, someone asked Todd Howard a very interesting question one day. He said, uh, "You during an interview about modding, you know, the idea was uh, the question was, you know." Why do you think, Todd, um, other video game developers don't release their their um, uh, their their creation tools in order to mod their games? Why why don't other games do that? And his answer was, I don't know, because it it's it's given us you know a, it's an incredible tool for people to help finish our games pr pretty much <laughs> I mean, he, he basically said like i don't know why other developers don't do that because it helps us out a lot uh it was kind of, and of course it, you know it, it increases the community it can be a little bit lazy or a little behind on our uh, on our assets and then uh, <laughs> the player base basically finishes making the game right yeah but you must say you gotta give them this though like elder scrolls these games are huge and and big like Neverwinter Nights one and two, uh, both of those were fairly small games with the modding capability. It's one of the first moddable like like large scale games like this. Yeah, sure. And I literally probably played like seven hundred hours on each of those games only because like people would make mods and you know, it was all like the tools that were available in game. You wanted a tree, here's your three trees. Place a tree somewhere. No. And you know, I myself actually had created a mod for uh, one of the one of my favorite um, like dungeon magazine modules, and uh, it wasn't a huge thing, but you know, it was something that you know, without any experience as a teenager, I was able to do. And uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, it keeps giving life to these games. So yeah. why would you, you know, not want to bring in other um, you know platforms as a developer? seeing what your community can do to make your game better is a, is a really incredible introspective on what you could be doing with those ideas on your next game. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it gives it gives you uh, a, a lot of inspiration as well. We're using the same creation kit you are and they came up with this. Right. I mean, how many times have we seen um, mods for Skyrim make their way in some fashion or another in in Elder Scrolls Online, I, you know, yeah. I mean, look at the look at. The, I don't think a lot of people know or or even remember this at this point, but the entire user interface for Elder Scrolls Online is based on a mod that came from Skyrim. Do, do you guys know that or even remember that at all? No, I didn't. Is know it that. Sky UI? 
Sky UI, huh? Sky UI, yes. The whole they, they went with that. Yes, they did. And, and I mean, look at the UI for Skyrim, the vanilla UI. That actually makes sense because almost every Elder Scrolls port, um, other than Morrowind, were designed for consoles. Yes. As far as the UI goes. So, you know, Skyrim people were like, no, I want to use a mouse and keyboard. Right. And that's what they came up with. So, I mean, you know, it's hilarious because I've never used a mouse and a keyboard. So that's why I don't have Sky UI. So I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. I use Sky UI with a controller. Yeah, you can. You can. It's it's a great. It, it's it's just a really great interface, and it was developed by by some some modder, probably you know some some kid at home who was like, hey, you know what? How about this? And and uh, yeah. So and you could look look at Sky UI, and then look at the UI for Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I happen to know that this is the this is the case because I you know was doing interviews with with you know Zoss team at the time and. So like they they just flat out told me that, but you don't even need to be told something like that from you know a, a developer. Um, just look at it. It's it was obviously heavily 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 influenced, and 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 rightly so. It's a great UI. It's a great way of getting through a, a game. Um, Sky UI and of course Elder Scrolls Online's UI. It really is. It's a great way of getting through the game, and and it, all the time communities inform. Uh, the the uh, developers on on great ways of telling stories in their universes, uh, great ways of, of troubleshooting that maybe you know they don't developers can't see because they're they're inside that box and and like as, they're, they're more concerns like how can I gate uh, gatekeep this and and uh, make a transaction out of it. You know? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes when when you create a thing and you're in it all the time. You know, you're inside the box, and it takes someone that that's outside the box to maybe solve your problem. And, and we see it often enough in, in games, and we see it in movies and TV shows, too, where where fans make fan fiction, and then producers from these, these IPs are like, you know what, let's run with that. Like that like that Darth Vader uh, thing that came out last week. That yes. was freaking sweet. That I... I, I Threw my underwear at those people. It was amazing. I, I love that Darth Vader. Uh, thing. Yeah, Star Wars series. Like, yeah, let's do that with the Elder Scrolls. You know, incredible, incredible. Like Dis- the Man of Marco and and uh, you know, and his uh, time right in during then. You know, I, I mean, just a fan made that amazing Darth Vader um, uh, video, and it just Disney with with its un literally unlimited resources, unlimited money should absolutely. Absolutely, hang their head in shame. Hang your head in shame, Disney. A, a a bunch of fans with limited, extremely limited resources, time being among them, just trounce the shit out of you in in a Star Wars YouTube video. Are you are you kidding me, Disney? Hang your head in shame, in shame. Awful, absolutely awful. What what they're doing to, to Star Wars is just absolutely disgusting, completely sickening. It's just horrible. But my whole point was is that like uh, it'd be really cool to like for example like you know yeah. uh, Mana Marco when he was a good guy in the Sigic Order that'd be a great kind of cool oh, yeah. you know, live action thing. You know? it, it would. That it, it really would. And I, I would love to see just just really like really cool um, 
just entries and, and expand the universe in in, uh, in Elder Scrolls just a little bit. And see, like, Bethesda get behind that and say, like, hey, this is not just fan fiction. Hey, this is... Like, these are mods legit stuff. But for the story. <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway. Um, story mods. <laughs> I, uh, I digress. I'll give the final word over to... Uh, um, to Mike and then and then Mithril. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see more novels, like good quality trilogy type novels, come out where you have a, you know a, a well developed protagonist, you know maybe a couple of um, assisting characters, and you follow that character, and you know you get to see. You don't have to travel all of Tamriel. That's the other thing, you know, with the the Greg Keys novels, there was too many. And our protagonists, they were, they went, you were all over the map in the different regions, you know, it, it made it very difficult. I think if they just stuck to like a, a short, you know, a small area and just gave us good stories about the adventures of this person that, you know, maybe told a little bit of history of the province that they're in or the people that, you know, the culture you know help with fleshing out some of that kind of stuff you know maybe you know they tell the story of a place that you know you're visiting or that you know is part of the the, the storyline uh or one of the races you know that i think that would go a long way and just have you know a couple books a year you know and just yeah you, know, you know we know that people are buying up this stuff sure you know and they're they're missing a lot of opportunities instead they're focusing on these stupid crown crates which, you know, I really hope that a lot of these laws get passed and that, you know, the crown crates go the way of, you know, the dodo there, uh, that, you know, they are found to be illegal because they are gambling and, you know, targeted, you know, at uh, uncontrolled, uh, uncontrolled targeting towards minors and, uh, you know, be like, OK, sorry, you can't make your money that way. Start giving us things. I mean, you know, when that war pack came out, that first one, and you got it by buying the stuffed war. You know, I was all over that. It's like, yeah, give me, you know, you know, merchandise to buy and, you know, to have that way a physical thing to show my love for this. You know, you know, it's like, you know, when you go to buy T-shirts, you know, I go to Redbubble because Redbubble independent artists are selling them illegally, but they're really cool T-shirts. <laughs> it's like, you know, the stuff that they put on the Bethesda store or on the ESO store, the T-shirts there, it's like, oh, here's another Ouroboros T-shirt. Oh, great. You know, <laughs> It's like, let the, 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 start commissioning this stuff out. Let, you know, the creative community, you know, take part in it and, you know, make your product better. Give these young writers a chance to be like, hey, you know, I got this short story. Hey, we're going to produce an anthology of short stories here. You know, submit your short stories and, you know, we're going to pick the the 10 best and publish them. Yeah. Yeah, man. I totally agree. I um, Mithril, what about what about you? Um, I think the bottom line is that like if we can just see what George Lucas pretty much said that people can do with his work and within reason as they did with the expanded universe, yeah, some things were a little little crazy in an expanded universe, but we also know that this wasn't the work of the original author either because you know George Lucas came up with the whole worlds and stuff like that the baseline of the world but you know just to have people to have the ability to commission out their work yeah it, Elder Scrolls and Bethesda the names are attached to it but you know they also have their own unique 
you know, name added to it, you know, and just like, you know, it can develop a lot of things. I think it, it, if you can just do it the way Expanded Universe was with Star Wars, it'd be fine. Hmm. All right, guys. Well, um, I think with that, that'll be the uh, the end of our, our show for this evening. Uh, we want to thank you guys for uh, listening and, of course, downloading and uh, you know, following us on, on social media as well, at uh, Elder Scrolls OTR on Twitter and Tumblr as, as well. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, be sure to check out our other shows like Quest Gaming, Magic the Gathering, which we'll record live as well um, on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network, where we're at right now. Uh, that show will record next week at 9 p.m. Eastern. So look forward to that. And uh, thank you, everyone in the chat room. Uh, for those who, who uh, just subscribed and uh, who hosted us, I saw someone was hosting. Thank you for that. Um, we, got a, uh, we got a new subscriber today. Thank you very much for that as well. You guys are really great. Thank you so much for uh, all of the, uh, the support out there that you guys are giving us. Um... I think that's it. Am I missing anything, guys? I think that's it. I think we're good. All right. Listen, uh, Mike, Mithril, thank you so much. Uh, you guys put on a really great show today. Uh, oh, also, email us at Elder Scrolls, uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com. Uh, we uh, greatly appreciate reading your uh, submissions as well and your thoughts. Uh, with that, take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the be with you. Thank you.